Welcome to Heal Thyself. I am Jess Pfeffer, the founder of Real Connection Sofa, and I'm excited to share holistic experts, practitioners, and healers each week. They will be sharing their journeys into the health and wellness field and leaving you with tips, tools, and techniques for you to use in your own personal life. Today, we have Colleen Reagan Noon of House of Reagan, also with Book Collective and Respected Child under the umbrella. Welcome, Colleen. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. I'm excited to have you too. If you want to first start off and just tell us a little bit about who Colleen is and a little bit about the path that got you to the work that you do. Sure. Um, so as you know, my name is Colleen Reagan Noon. I am the mother of two little boys. I have a just turned four-year-old and a almost six-year-old. Um, and this is the this is the second week of the first time both of them have ever been at school. Um, so it's really exciting for me. It's kind of a different a different thing for me because uh, I've always kind of had kids around. Mm. Um, so this is definitely a new a new thing here. It started. Um, I got my master's, um, you know, out of college. I got my master's in early childhood education. Um, I was living in Boston and decided to become a nanny instead of going into teaching because the money was good. I wanted to work with real little little babies. And um, I had a great nanny career um, right up until I had my own kids. So that was um, it was six years ago in July that I finished with my last nanny family. And then it was six years ago in September that I had my own baby. So I have just always, it's just always been kids around. And so um, this has just been a really big change, change for me to have two weeks with, with no kids present. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it affects uh, all of my businesses. But I started off um, three years ago now teaching birth and parenting classes from my dining room while my kids were asleep. Um, I have the background in early childhood education. And for fun, I just, in my 20s, I would take courses in being a doula, in infant massage, and in, um, I mean, all sorts of random things that I could. And, um, I became a hypnobirth educator, a positive discipline educator, um, a potty training and elimination communication coach. Um, and then from there, I started um, creating a lot of my own things and that kind of snowballed into, um, into where I've been and, and things that I do now. Um, is, is, is kind of different, kind of more freelancey, um, but that's kind of the, the background of where I came from. Got it. So yeah, that was actually one of my questions. If, you know, what brought you here or if this was always your path and it sounds like, you know, working with kids and it's true. It's funny when you said about having a break, I'm like, well, your kid's six. And then now it's like, piecing it together even before your kids you had kids all around you so um it yeah. is probably very different um so yeah so a little bit about what you mentioned about hypnobirthing and potty training so uh, to me this is like under the wheelhouse of like conscious parenting and conscious families so can you talk to us a little bit about I don't say what the difference is of regular parenting, but kind of the approach of what that looks like or certain things that you have learned that made you realize whether you did it in your own family or it's something that you suggest to other families. Sure. So what I learned from taking all of these courses on, you know, birth, babies, parenting, potty training, whatever, is that typically people come at you with, you know, these are the specific tips and tricks in order to get your child to do what you want them to do and, you know, learn this stuff, then go out and teach other parents how to do it. And when you learn it and then you try it yourself and then you teach other parents how to do it, 
it's became very apparent to me that um, some of these things work sometimes and some of these things work with certain people and some of these things work with certain families. And also most of the time, these things work when you're present in a two-parent household that's earning a very decent income that has a lot of stability. Um, and that for me, uh, that's how I originally started my parenting career and very quickly into my parenting career, we became in a rather unstable situation, which really opened my eyes to the fact that um, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that's out there is really for perfect scenarios. If everything else in your life is perfect and the only thing wrong is you can't get your child to pee in the potty or you can't get them to brush your teeth, try this one tactic. Um, and I was finding that just wasn't the case for people. And it wasn't the case for myself is we all have, you know, varying degrees of, of different stress and struggles going on in our families. And to kind of meet parents at, okay, try this one tip, and it's going to work great is just not, was not practical. And so I took everything that I learned and had to kind of tweak it and turn it to be like, how can we get this stuff to work when things might be feeling unstable when you might be so stressed out that like, you know, brushing your kids teeth is the furthest thing from your mind. Um, and that's what really got me more into the verse, you know, kind of all these structures that people set up to let's look at this relationship. Let's look at your relationship of you with your child. Let's look at your relationship with you with your spouse, partner, co-parent, um, your, your parents, all of this goes into the mix in how we're going to live this, you know, live this life together. It's not about you telling your kid what to do. It's about forming this better relationship where even if things aren't perfect, and most of the time they're not going to be, how do we go forward and both become better people, all become better people during this process? Wow. Yeah. You mentioned about like starting off as a two-parent household and how things kind of shifted. Will you mind sharing a little bit about what that experience was like and including the fact that, you know, which ways that you were able to tweak it and maybe some of your favorite moments of that or maybe some <laughs> of the most difficult moments? Absolutely. So um, when I was pregnant with about 15 weeks pregnant with my second child and I had a 19-month-old, I found out my husband had become addicted to pain pills. Um, and it was, you know, I kind of thought it would be a quick fix. You know, you get off the pain pills, life goes on, everything will be great. Um, you know, we were, we were very wealthy at the time. And so it just kind of seemed like one of those things that was going to be a blip on the radar. Um, unfortunately it was, um, a hurricane. It was not a blip and it, you know, it took out all our finances. It took him away from the family um, I became a single parent overnight and I became a parent who had to figure out what to do about finances um, overnight. And so for me, it was just the priorities vastly shifted of, you know, what, what was kind of considered the stressors in my life um, where, uh, I mean, luckily I was fortunate to, I did elimination communication with my boys. Um, so they were both out of diapers by 15 and 18 months with no potty training required. So let, thankfully I didn't have that stress, but just like the mm. other little stresses that I saw other parents, um, come to my classes for is, you know, it's just these little things that your, your kids are doing. I always like to use the brush teeth example or the going to bed example. Um, and, 
I found though that it was it was just the click for me of like what's what's behind this of like yes it's really stressful your kid won't brush your teeth or or go to bed but like what has kind of you know where where are you mentally that you've gotten to the point where you know your child being kind of difficult to get them to brush their teeth is like a breaking point for you um and I and it wasn't until I got there myself where I realized, you know, I've had all this other stuff piled up on my plate all day, all of this stress that I didn't have the time or the bandwidth to spend the 10 minutes to like convince them to brush their teeth in a fun way. It just like wasn't there. So I realized um, all these tips and tricks that I'd been telling these parents half the time, you know, they're, they, they work in a perfect scenario and these parents weren't even there yet. And so for me to be like, okay, for myself, I need to figure out how am I going to connect with my kids? How am I going to relate with my kids? How am I going to figure out these priorities? Um, and then how can I share that with other people? So that was the real big aha moment is when I was just sitting teaching one of these parenting classes and just seeing how distraught these people were over the simplest little things um, and, and it's like, oh my gosh, there's just so much more behind this and behind people than my toddler won't do what I want them to do. Right. Yeah. It sounds like there's definitely a lot of obviously psychology behind it. And I also was listening to how you mentioned about like our own parenting, like so many people will say, well, you know, my mom and dad were like this and I want to make sure I do nothing like that or the opposite. Right. Right. Kind of have and, the model yeah. that you want to follow and want to follow. Right. And that's part of the pressure, too, is we've got kind of the societal pressure of what you should be doing with your kid, particularly with Facebook. I mean, Facebook, we are it is brought to our faces every single day um, how other people are parenting. And we only see the good. We only see the positive stuff and we only see the crafts that they did. And um, I know myself, I posted a craft that I did with um, my child the other day on Facebook And it was like, I mean, it's the first craft project we've done in like goodness knows how long. Mm -hmm. Um, It was really easy. It took like 15 minutes. The entire day before that had been complete chaos. But what you see on my Facebook is like me and my kid having this great moment in in your head when you're looking at these other people, you're like, oh, how are all these other people doing it? Like they're having these great days with their kids. And and why am I not doing that? And, um, And like you said, with the parents, we reflect on how we were raised and Um, Sometimes we try to go so far to the extreme um, of of not doing what our parents did. And and it's just, there's so much coming from the outside and we want it to all look a certain way that we forget we need it to feel a certain way. Um, And to do that, we've really kind of got to go back and break it down to almost taking the roles out of it, but looking at it as a relationship of how do I have a relationship with my child um, versus how do I make them and this all look the way I want it to look. Beautiful. I wrote that down. I love that. How it looks a certain way, but it's more like how it feels. I mean, we talk about you know mindfulness and being conscious, like that is the difference, right? We get sometimes caught in our yeah. thoughts in our brain of, you know, this is should be, right? We do the should, this right. should be this a certain way. And then at the end of the day, and I like the toothbrush example, you know, does it feel right to be threatening your kid not to be able to eat dessert because they didn't brush their teeth? You know, like, does that right. actually feel right? And, and I definitely like that you use that as an example, because I'm sure there's many. Um, but that's one that's like, this is good for you. But like, how can you explain it to them in a way so they get it? Because 
you know, and I think that I've seen you as a parent and as a friend. And I love that you said too about the relationship because it's all connecting with others, whether they're three or 30, like this is how we show up. And I think also when you mentioned about, you know, having the craft and the comparison, um, it goes back to what you said before too. If you have a lot of things kind of disarray in your life, how can you just, you know, sweat the small stuff when you're like, how am I going to pay my rent or, you know, where's my food coming from? Like this goes back to like, yeah, the inclusive thing that we see on Facebook or we even see in the yoga community. Not everyone is able to either have the time or have the means or even just have the bandwidth to say, you know, this is what I need. Um, So that actually brings me to my next question. So big part of obviously being a parent and families is giving, you know, your time and energy to them. I'm curious to know a little bit about your own self-care or if you have any non-negotiables or daily routines to make sure Colleen is getting all the things that she needs. Oh, this is a, um, this is an interesting one is I would say, um, you know, it was hard for me for a while where, self-care almost wasn't even an option is it was crisis mode survival mode and to keep hearing from people like you need self-care you need self-care it's like well I need you know I've got an infant and a toddler 100% by myself and all of these bills to pay like it's it's just impossible at this point you're like I just want to I was just thinking like you need to you need to brush your teeth I feel like that's probably right. <laughs> right it was like did I feed myself did I brush my teeth Um, and, um, I did though, at one point have to, uh, so as I mentioned, my husband had an addiction issue. Um, and one of the things is there's um, something called Al-Anon, which is a 12 step meeting for friends and families of addicts and alcoholics. Um, and I, that was one of the first pieces of self-care that I did, where it was, it got to the point where it was like, I have to do something to focus on me or I be a good mom to them. Um, And so I had to pay $40 every single week to after I put my kids down for bed, I would go out and I was in Massachusetts, drive out in the snow, you know, 20 minutes away to go to an hour long meeting um, and drive 20 minutes back and get back even though my kids were going to be up all night, up early. Um, and you know, it was definitely money I didn't even have, but I had to make it a priority. So that was really where I first started. Um, and that was what kind of gave me my first boost of realizing like, you know, my, that I need to build up my self-worth. I do need to, um, you know, I need to build me from the inside in order to be the best mom I can for them uh, in every way, shape or form. Um, and that is, when I realized things like, you know, yoga or mindfulness classes, or, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that you do, it's not about, um, you know, it's not about like physical health, even. It's about like, these are the things I need to do to show myself, I have self worth that I am worthy, that, um, that, you know, I, I can fill my cup too, in order to be able to give what I need to give. So it really took a big change in perspective to realize that I couldn't afford to do it, but I more couldn't afford to not do it. Yeah. And I know that, you know, you mentioned about conscious 
parenting, working with families and kind of your story that got there. I know something as of lately, because I've been uh, so honored to be a part of um, one of your, I guess it's a passion project. It was kind of an add on to your amazing, I guess, resume or repertoire of what you were offering to the community. But now you've been doing some book publishing and co-authoring. And I would love to hear a little bit about that. And it kind of, to me, it's the reminder to maybe the parents out there too, that at times maybe get lost. And, you know, when I talk about the buckets that they're so focused on one and then they kind of lose themselves. Right. And then as a parent, you want to, you know, how beautiful it is for your two boys to see through it all. Like, look how resilient my mom is and, you know, look how she's able to take care of us and be present, but she's also doing what lights her up you know, and what brings her purpose. So will you share a little bit about how this even came to be with the books and publishing? Sure. Um, so my second child was a VBAC, vaginal birth after cesarean. And I always knew I wanted to write a book about it. And I always knew what the title was going to be, Baby Got VBAC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, um, I had a way that I wanted to, I came across the multi-author format. And I was like, what a beautiful way to tell all sorts of different VBAC stories and bring it all together in one book. Um, and with, with you at Real Connections, I wanted to kind of try it out first. So um, it was great to be able to work with you and the other holistic practitioners and to put that book together. Um, and so I really knew what I was doing when it came to the VBAC book. Um, I've also done a home birth after hospital birth uh, multi-author book, an infertility uh, multi-author book. And right now I'm working on a um, pelvic floor multi-author book and a birth around the world, um, which is going to be a really big book, just about all um, birth stories and birth practitioners all over the world. And why I thought it was so important is when I started working on myself, one of the things that really helped me to process some of the trauma I went through was writing. Um, and so I was able to write and process through that trauma. And I realized too, like that the different parts in which we experience trauma in our parenting lives, um, birth trauma is a big one. There's so many people who have not processed their birth stories and it affects them years and years later. Um, the journey of getting pregnant of, you know, did it take you a long time? Did you experience um, miscarriages? I had two miscarriages before my first and um, it doesn't, you know, those things are very hard to, to work through and process through. And so I've been loving these books and just offering this platform for people to explore these um, kind of parental concepts of where this trauma is stored right through it. Um, They're able to help process it, but in turn, they're then sharing this wisdom and knowledge with other people who might be going through that traumatic or stressful thing or trying to help hope avoid that right now. Um, So it's just been this really unique way of, um, of kind of highlighting some parts of, of parenthood that, um, that, you know, we all thought were going to be super magical, um, like getting pregnant, super easy, perfect birth. And like, it's just not the case for so many people. Um, and it, you know, it doesn't stop at birth is, you know, toddler years. We all imagine, we knew the terrible twos were going to be a little iffy. You didn't imagine it was going to be the stress, the overwhelm, the exhaustion that it is. Um, you know, even the school age children is, you know, oh, once they get in school, it's going to be easier. But then suddenly it's, you've got to get the lunches together. You've got to get the homework there. Um, you know, your child comes home and, and you know, so-and-so said they didn't want to be my friend anymore. And how are you going to navigate that? Um, so there's so much out there in parenting that I don't think is perceived as, as trauma. Um, 
that definitely has these elements of trauma in it. And I highly recommend to anyone, if you are really struggling with some part of parenting, sit down and write about it because you'll be amazed at what comes out when you're writing. And it also helps really get the brain to process through it and work through it and come up with new ideas. Let me just answer my next question about sharing the tip tool and technique for people. Um, look at that uh, to be able to do at home. So it sounds like your suggestion would be to write, whether that's in a journal or whatever, it's just basically to put it down on paper, correct? Right. But I have another tip too, I want to share, which I share oh, in every single parenting class that I teach um, is I encourage all parents to make mistakes. Um, I think you should make mistakes and, and then I want you to figure out what you can learn from your mistakes. And I want you to let your children make mistakes and help guide them to learn from their mistakes. Um, we don't learn from being perfect. There's no such thing as perfect. And so if we're going for perfect or we think we're perfect or we're holding our child up to perfect, it is a recipe for disaster. But if we open the space in the relationship for everyone to make mistakes, and just make this an ongoing learning process for both parent and child. Um, it's going to make the family environment that much more harmonious and that much less stressful. Wow, yeah, that really brings out the consciousness again. Um, well, thank you, Colleen. And if anyone wants to reach out to you, we will have in the episode details as well, how to follow you and reach out as well as the links on all your books. But if you want to tell us if you have a website or Instagram or anything to share. Sure. Um, so from my main website, houseofreagan.com, you can um, visit my, it will give you prompts to get to my various other websites. Um, and then at Instagram, you can find me at the Wise Women Book Collective. Um, where I talk about these parenting books um, and, and some other, other stuff in, in the writing. Um, and then you can also find my Facebook group, which is the Wise Women Book Collective, which is on Facebook. So if you love to write, if you've thought about writing, this is a great place to come um, and just get some tips, tools, and tricks for, um, for how, to, how to keep writing um, in your life. Beautiful. Well, if you like this episode, please uh, follow it, share it with others. Every week we'll be bringing other holistic experts. And thank you so much, Colleen, for being on this today. Um, really appreciate your time for everyone listening out there. Hope you stay safe. Hope you're healthy. Sending you so much love and light and happiness. And um, I hope you have a great day, Colleen. Oh, thank you. You too. Hello, hello, everyone. I'm Jess Pfeffer, the founder of Real Connections Events and the host for this podcast. During this holiday season, there's lots of changes, perhaps some stress, but it's also joyous. What a beautiful time to check in on your heart, on your friends, your family, and find that balance. Wishing you a happy new year.